Rusty Quill presents. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ooh. Okay. Oh, well, now I'm done. Oof. I really do need to clean this desk, don't I? <laughs> Was this a letter from Mark? Dear Cole, been a while. Hope you're doing well. Been a busy month and keep missing you. Been writing in my spare time with D off doing D things and you stuck in front of the mic. Hope you enjoy it. Consider it a little Halloween gift. Your buddy Mark. That's thoughtful of him. I haven't really texted him much this month. Ugh. Feel like an ass now. I'll read it next week and let him know what I think. 
One false ending is enough. Jesus. This is starting to feel like a bad horror movie that doesn't know when to end it. Ugh. I can't just leave him hanging like that. Okay. Last one. This is entry 3133, titled The Machine, written and submitted to the exchange from a member going by the name Mark LeBeouf, recorded by Cole Weavers. basement in a house on a street that sits a short walk down a winding cul-de-sac in a suburb no one thought to explore in a town that no one visits. There's a machine. A hideous machine. A machine that turns and aches and grinds away to the sound of drips and drops from the four walls surrounding it with no master nor owner. The machine just is, and does, its gears long since rusted by the dark damp of the basement force themselves to continue their journey round and around without merry or fair ground, and they just keep turning. I was 24 when I found it, this machine in the basement of a quaint, quiet little house, unassuming by its nature, on a road I didn't even know existed. And to this day, I still don't know if it really does. It was a sticky summer's day in Bisbee. I had recently broken up with my girlfriend and was on the way back to my parents' place. It was a big fight, and it hadn't ended on good terms. I told her I needed to have some space away from her and my parents were my safe place, so that's where I was going. My family lives across the state. It was a long drive and made even longer in the relentless, sticky heat. Fortunately, the sun had started to set and relief had started to wash over me. I was less angry already, less angry at myself for all the stupid things I said and less sad that I'd said them. I called my mom to let her know that I'd be home the following afternoon and after offering some kind words of wisdom, she hung up. It was just me. My car and the sun slowly setting across a blood-red sky. I used to drive a beat-up Oldsmobile Cutlass. It wasn't much. Nor was it pretty, but it was cheap and got me from point A to point B well enough. I bought it used for a handful of dollars and got more than my money's worth. Being so old, though, it came with a few quirks, one of those being a petrol needle that hadn't worked in about 25 years, 
and I was so desperate to leave after the fight that I hadn't thought to check how much petrol I had before I set off. After a couple of hours of driving, the Oldsmobile started to sputter, and after a few short yards of smashing my palms against the steering wheel angry at myself and my stupidity, the engine died completely. I took my phone out of its dock on the dash to see where the nearest gas station was. It was far. There was no point even trying to push. I was left in the middle of nowhere, stranded. So I did what any grown man does and called my mom. Are you serious? The voice came back over the phone. And you're where exactly? That was an excellent question. Where even was I? I hadn't been paying attention to the GPS because I had been out on open roads and driving through so many tiny towns I just didn't think to look. I took the phone from my ear and opened Google Maps. Malfort Village? I said. Where? I have no idea, Mom. I'm sorry. I just... What should I do? As it turned out... Neither of my parents had ever been in this position either. After a short rant about the state of the government, she said I should just try calling their roadside assistance company and chance it. Then she continued to boss me from afar. But don't stay in the car, she said with urgency. It's dangerous. Find something nearby that you can stand in or next to so you can be safe. Promise me. Promise me you will. I reluctantly agreed told her I loved her, hung up, and that's when I started to notice it. I didn't realize what it was at the time, but now I'd recognize it in a heartbeat, that low, whining drone, so faint it was like a whisper calling out for attention, almost inaudible, unless you knew what you were listening for, but distinctly present nonetheless. I dialed the roadside assistance company, explained the situation, and pleaded with them to come and pick me up. It was now dark, and after putting on a pantomime of urgency, they told me that they would come and get me and tow me to the nearest gas station. Yeah, 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 just wait there and we'll come get ya. Click. He hung up. I decided to take Mom's advice and put some distance between myself and the car but I was in some tiny town comprising of mostly dirt roads that led to nowhere, with trees dotting the roadsides flanking rickety wooden houses. Looking back on it, I'm convinced that this is where the compulsion started. I looked around and noticed one house in particular. It looked like all the other houses on the street, rickety, poorly built, the kind of place any person who had seen any horror films would avoid at all costs. But I couldn't help feeling that was the one I needed to be near. Safe. I could feel it in the back of my mind. I walked away from the car all the way up to the front door. I knocked, but there was no response. The hollow sound of my polite gesture reverberated through its corridors, and there was only one reply drone. Louder. Painful. Yearning. Urging me to come closer. And 
then I don't really understand to this day what happened next. The lock wasn't difficult to break. It was rusted through with what looked like years of weathering. A short, sharp kick snapped it off the door. I grasped the handle and pulled the door open. It creaked and groaned with the sound of hinges long since lost to rust. Inside, the house was pristine save for the layer of dust coating every surface and a soft, thick, white powder. It was like whoever lived there left in a hurry and took nothing with them. Pictures adorned the walls to a family long forgotten. Pairs of shoes, small, medium, and large, were neatly stored away in a shoe rack next to the front door. There was even a set of car keys on a tiny hook next to the door with the words Home Sweet Home written in a cursive font above it. I paid little attention to this, though. The drone was so loud now that it was scattering my thoughts, pushing them aside so that one singular thought could prevail. Walk. So I did. I walked along the abandoned corridor to a little door at the base of the stairs. Unlocking a deadbolt at the top of the door, it swung open on its hinges, revealing a staircase leading down into the basement and the faintest glow at the bottom. Walk. The voice called in the back of my mind, and I continued to obey. Down and down the stairs, I went further into the bowels of the building, and as I ducked under a wooden beam supporting the floor above, I saw it. The tangle of wires, cogs, and dials. The one that had been calling to me. The machine. From where I stood, I could see where the drone was coming from now. The cogs on the side of the machine so old, so covered in rust and dust and dirt, were forcing themselves to turn and churn and work, and they were vibrating furiously against their metal housing. It was like the machine was screaming in pain, begging for relief, begging for someone to help. But then there was the feeling. Aside from my singular thoughts, a sinking feeling of dread had crept into my body. I could feel it creep up inside me, fill my torso, a dread that told me to stop, but I couldn't help myself. Just off to the side, an oil can sat on a wooden shelf, teasing the machine with its healing balm, an ointment to its pain so close that had it arms, it could reach out and take it, but left so tantalizingly close, it tortured its victim with sheer presence. Fix me. Fix me. My thoughts were now one track. They were still my own, but that noise now near deafening was pushing them aside, leaving me with absolute clarity. I knew what I had to do. I walked slowly over to the oil can and yanked it off the shelf. Fix me. The thought ran through my mind over and over as I poured oil over the gears and the linkages. With each pass of the oil can, more and more of the machine came alive, whirring and cranking faster and faster as I poured more oil, more ointment over the swollen joints of the machine. Faster and faster it whirled, its gears relieved of their pain and suffering. The more I poured, the more the drone subsided. Faster and faster the machine spun as wires came back to life, sparking with energy, lighting up the room with sparks and flashes, and then... 
It stopped. Completely stopped. Whatever it was designed to do was done. My thoughts snapped back. Panic set in. My head spun with the confusion of it all, and the silence hung heavy in the atmosphere. It was done. But what had it done? What had I done? Then came the sound, like a boat horn combined with a lighthouse. The tone rang out across the basement throughout the house, so loud that I couldn't keep myself together. I couldn't think. Clapping my hands over my ears and screwing my eyes up tight, I screamed into the nothingness of the house, and then that stopped too. And I wasn't there anymore. I was back outside the front door, grasping the handle and padlock to the front of the house. The door was shut, but the lock was sheared off at the joint like someone had kicked it off of the door. There was no drone, just the sound of a van pulling up behind me and the shout of a disgruntled worker calling out, Hey, hey buddy, you know who owns this car? Tiny Terrors is an anthology horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. This episode was directed by Cole Weavers with sound production and editing by Mike Lebeau. To find additional information or to join our Patreon for additional content and ad-free episodes, visit our website, www.tinyterrorspod.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at tinyterrorspod. Or join the Pulp Audio Discord by clicking the link in the description below. Rate and review us on Spotify and Apple. And finally, thanks for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.